want to welcome you back to our series we've been doing called The New Abnormal. And we've been talking about just how weird this whole pandemic thing has been. And kind of asking ourselves the question, how, how do we endure this? How do we walk through these kinds of times and do it in a way that honors God? Um, how many of you are, you're, you're tired of the pandemic and you're ready for it to be over? Anybody? Yeah. Uh, and it's all, it's made us all a little crazy. In fact, um, you know, when you, when you begin to look around, you see people kind of reacting to this thing in really wild ways. Um, like having to wear masks. Now, I don't know about you. I'm tired of wearing masks. I don't like, but some people kind of, kind of take it to a little bit of extreme. Throw that picture up on the screen. There's a guy. <laughs> he doesn't only have a mask. He has a snorkel. Now, I'm not sure if sucking air through a little tube with a filter on it is any better than breathing it through a mask, but, um, or maybe he's going to plunge into the produce section at the, you know, at the store. I, I don't know what that's all about. Um, we, we've all talked about social distancing. How many, how many feet are we supposed to have between each other? How many? Six, six feet? Keep good six feet? And how, do, and how do you make that happen? Well, here's one guy's way. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, when I saw this, I started laughing. I thought, wouldn't it be cool to put little cattle prods on the end of those, you know? So when you bump them, you kind of give them a little jolt, you know, and you kind of, bah, 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 you know, just kind of go through them. Yeah, that'll clear some space. And then some, for some people, they're so paranoid about the germs that it's not just about, you know, breathing it in. They don't, they don't want to be touched anywhere. And so here's a person that kind of went to an extreme with that. Yeah, kid you not. Wearing a Tyrannosaurus Rex suit. Now, how many of you, that would keep you away from them? Yeah, yeah, that would, yeah, that, that would do it. That's, it's, made us, it's, it's made people crazy. And I want to talk about that today. And I want to, I want to talk about just kind of the, the, the pressure that this whole pandemic has put on us. And I want to talk to you today about a part of it that we sometimes forget um, of the, of the causes that this has. Are you ready? You can take your sermon outline out and uh, track along with me. We'll throw it up. For those of you watching online, we'll throw it up on the screen for you. I, I, I tried to sit back and, and tried to think a little bit about the pandemic and just some of the things that I've observed with people and the impact that it has and just see if we can agree on this. One of the things that's it's happened, it's, it's elevated our stress. It's elevated our stress. How many of you would say, yeah, I'm a little more stressed now than I was before the pandemic? Yeah. In fact, you, you see it, and you see that, that stress kind of snapping pretty quick. Have any of you done this yet? Um, I, where, like, I got to the post office, and I got all my packages, you know, and then I'm like almost to the door, and I forget that I don't have my mask. How many of you have done this? And it's like, now I got to go back to the car, you know, and by the time I get my mask, there's five more people who have gotten in line and you just want to, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you understand why they use that word postal, you know, that's just kind of a, you know, it's just like, no, I want to go postal on somebody. But, but we find that, that, that elevated, everybody's operating with a little bit elevated stress. How about this? It's caused many of us to be more fearful. It's caused many of us to be more fearful. Um, I've talked to a few different people who have either friends or relatives that have not left their homes uh, since January, February, or early March. They've simply not get out. And, and people who maybe for legitimate reasons are very afraid because they have underlying conditions that make them very susceptible. Or sometimes it's just the paranoia that's taken over. 
and you see people operating out of, out of a high fear level. How about this one? You've, it's made us more angry. It's made us more angry. Have you noticed the anger in the air around you? Um, you know, you, you watch the news, you, you, you turn on social media, and, you know, you, you're dealing with all of these people who are ranting. It just seems like, begin because we have more stress, we have more fear, we have now elevated anger towards everybody around us. You may have, you may have read in, in the news about a, the guy in, uh, in Florida had a couple of guys that pulled up beside him, and they said, you know, one of them yells out the window at the other driver. He said, were you revving your engine at me? And uh, I was like, what? And they pulled out guns and started shooting at him on the freeway because he was, they thought he was revving his engine. Are you kidding me? But we see everywhere we look, we, we see people operating with just so much more anger around them. It's made us more lonely and anxious. It's made us more lonely and anxious, obviously, because we were isolated um, sometimes, again, we're, we're, some of us are, if you're like me and you're high touch, man, you're starving for, for, for hugs and physical contact. It's made us more lonely. It's made us more anxious. I, I was reading a statistic this week uh, from one of the national mental health organizations that said that they are getting 65% more calls on their helpline now than they were before the pandemic that people are just at such a higher level of needing to, to figure out what's going on and they, they feel like their lives are out of control. I read another statistic that really startled me. They were talking about the, the effect uh, of the pandemic upon millennials and how it's affecting our young adults who are 18 to 25. And it blew me away. It said one in four, 25% of young adults that they surveyed said that they had contemplated suicide during these last seven months during the pandemic. You get that? One in four 18 to 25-year-olds because this has all become so overwhelming and they've become so much more anxious. Um, this pandemic has caused us to be more self-centered. Um, again, it's one of those things you see people, man, I'm going to watch out for me and looking out for myself. And we saw a lot of this uh, early in the pandemic when, you know, when there, everybody had a lot of uncertainty and, you know, no, nobody knew what was going to happen or all of this kind of stuff. And there started being rumors of, you know, we're going to run out of this. And remember, the, we're going to run out of toilet paper. Remember, throw that picture up on the screen. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There's a guy who's got enough toilet paper to probably last him for the next six years, you know. But we saw, again, we, we, what, we, what we have seen is, you know, are, are people who just constantly, you know, I got to make sure I take care of me instead of looking out for others or looking out for themselves. Now, what, what I want you to track with me on is when, when you start thinking about these things, you think, think about the added stress. Think about the added fear. Um, think about how uh, the, the heightened level of anger. Think about the loneliness and the anxiousness. Think about the self-centeredness. Now think this thought with me. How is that impacting our relationships with each other? How has it impacted yours? It, see, one of the things that when we, when we think about this pandemic you know, we haven't, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get a handle on what this stuff do, does to us physically, but I wonder if we've really taken into account what this is doing to us relationally with each other. And that's the part I want to talk about today. Um, we've been looking at Philippians 
In the book of Philippians, Paul was writing this letter to the church uh, from prison. He had been thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. And we've been talking about the fact that that time then was much like this time now. You know, there was a lot of anxiousness, a lot of fear. People were being persecuted. Now Paul, you know, this this fearless leader is in prison. And and people are like, man, what's going to happen next? Am I going to be next? Or what's going to go on? And there's, there's all this confusion. There's all this fear. There's all this anxiety. And what I find amazing is that in the midst of this letter that Paul's writing, where he's trying to give them assurance and he's trying to assure them of the faithfulness of God. He's also trying to guide them and how to respond to this time. And one of the things he talks about are our relationships and how we deal with each other. In fact, I want to to read to you from uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 15 verses. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says, Therefore, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Listen to what he says. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you looking to the interest of others. Now, let me stop right there. How many of you, you have enough now to go home and work on it for a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a challenging statement. This, I love this next verse. He says, in your relationships with one, one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God gave him, uh, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth, under the earth, and every tongue should acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? You betcha. Therefore, dear friends, Paul says, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. I want to I want to go back to this passage and and I want to I want to pull out a couple of thoughts for you today to just help you um, because what I know is that these kinds of turbulent times have a significant impact on our marriages how we deal with our kids how we react to our parents, how we are responding to our coworkers, how we're dealing with people that we run into out in the stores and in the community. And, and, and I, want us, I want us to kind of take a step back and listen to what Paul said. Maybe, maybe just give you a few thoughts that you can take and ask God how to help you live in this way. Are you ready? Here, let me just give you a few. Here's the first one. Think about this with me. We are more Christ-like when we honor God's children 
than we are when we honor God. Well, let that sink in for a second. We are more Christ-like when we honor God's children than we are when we honor God. When I was, when I was reading this passage, the thing that, the thing that hit me uh, was at the very beginning was talking about how, how Jesus was with the Father and he left the Father to come down and be among us. And again, he had the chance to stay in the presence of, of, of his Father, but he came from heaven to earth to, to be among us. And can we just agree? We weren't that great of a people to hang out with, you know? But he chose to do that. And I thought for a second, I don't know about you, it is a lot easier for me to think, you know, to lean into a loving God than it is to really think in loving ways toward people around me. And I thought, wow, you know what? It's more Christ-like when I treat people well than even when I worship God. Go back to Philippians 2, those verses I read for you earlier. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but, but each of you to the interests of others. Read it out loud with me. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, here's my challenge to you. So how are you doing with that? Are you relating to the people in your world with the mindset of Jesus Christ? I put this in, my, in your notes. It's probably not appropriate to be in your notes, but I put it in there anywhere. Anyway, said it's easy to love a God who died for us. It's much harder to love people we'd like to strangle. <laughs> Come on, how many of you got a few of those? Yeah. How many of you, they're sitting on your pew? Yeah. Right next to you? No, get your hands out from right their neck. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I had a I have a good friend who um, passed away here recently. Throw that picture up on the screen. That's Diana Swoop. Um, Diana and I served together uh, several years ago on the National Church of God Christian Education Board. And I got a chance to to know her, and we crossed paths several times. An outstanding lady. I've been the senior pastor um, for the last ten years at the Arlington Road Church of God in Akron, Ohio. And she's been battling cancer, and she just uh, passed away this, this, this last week. She was a remarkable woman, a great theologian, great communicator. Um, but I, I remember she told a story a few years ago that always that just really hit me. It goes back to this idea about, about loving people. Um, she pastors a, an African-American church in Akron, and and people of her church dress a little more formally, and she wears a robe and all this when, when she would preach. Well, she talked about the fact that one Sunday, um, a young man uh, came to their church, and he wasn't, didn't have his church clothes on, let's say. Uh, he looked like he just got off the ball court. He had gym shorts on and, and uh, you know, kind of had a, had a T-shirt on, and, and uh, when he got to the door, uh, the usher who was, was, was greeting them coming in stopped him at the door and said, you need to go dress for church. And turned the young man away. Well, Diana uh, heard about this, and she, you know, she, their, their church is more formal, but she's really huge on this idea that, you know what, everyone is welcome to the house of God. 
Uh, everyone is welcome regardless of how they can or do dress. They're welcome to the house of God. Amen. And, and it really bothered her. And she wanted to communicate that to her congregation. So that very next Sunday when it came time for Pastor Diana to come out and preach, instead of coming out in her robe like she did, she had, uh, she had gym shorts on. And, uh, and, and tennis shoes and, and sweat socks. She had on a T-shirt and then I think it was a Cavaliers jersey, you know, on, and she had a ball cap on and had it turned backwards. And she stepped into the pulpit and she read these words from Matthew 25, 40. They're on your outline. And the king will reply, truly I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Amen. Diana got it. You see, it's, it, it's easy for us, isn't it? I mean, a few minutes ago when we're here in worship and I'm thinking about how good God's been to me, it, it's so easy for me to lift my hands and let that touch my heart. It's easy for me to be ooey, gooey, and sweet and kind. But in just a little bit, we've got to leave this place and we have to go back out into a very dark and critical and cynical world. And one of the things we have to get is this idea that that's where the true test of our Christianity comes. Because we are more Christ-like when we treat the people out there in loving ways than even when we are here loving on God. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Let me give you a second thought. Um, we need to stop the little things that are killing our relationships and do the little things that will heal and strengthen our relationships. Read it again. We need to stop the little things that are killing our relationships. And do the little things that will heal and strengthen our relationships. Um, often when I'm meeting with a couple to uh, do premarital counseling, one of the things I talk about is this very point is the fact that most relationships begin to dissolve not over big things, but over the accumulation of little things. It's the little things we say. It's the little ways we react. It's the little attitude that we give. It's the little sharp responses. It's the little harsh statement. And, and what we don't understand uh, is sometimes, again, that familiarity breeds contempt, kinds of have a way of, of sinking in. And we forget that our relationships are sometimes dying the death of a thousand cuts. You know, it's not one big thing we do. It's not one big thing we say. Sometimes it's just, it's just this little thing here and this little thing here and this little thing, little thing here. Um, I, I love when Paul was writing to the church in Philippians. He says in Philippians 2.14, read it out loud with me. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Read it again. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. How many of you wish you could just do something without grumbling and arguing at your place? Yeah. I thought this ought to be on a plaque in every home, you know. That the, because what Paul was getting at is he, as he writes this, he, he, he goes on to talk specifically about uh, some people who aren't getting along. And he's going, you know what? Um, stop, stop doing this. Don't sweat the small stuff. Stop arguing. Stop complaining. Stop grumbling about all of this. Life is too short. The pressure is already too heavy. Now, here's the deal. You know, we, we have the opportunity in this time, you know, we can either drain the life out of people 
Or we can breathe life into people. That's why I put this statement on your outline. It says, most of us would never actually kill anyone, but some of us drain the life out of others every day. But you don't have to. You see, just like it's the little things that cut and hurt, it's the little things that, that lift and, and, and breathe life into people. It's the little things that you say. It's the little things that you do. I, again, I bet if you just talk a moment to just think back over the last few weeks, you could identify one or two little things that someone did that just really blessed you. Maybe a phone call out of the blue. Maybe one little kindness that they did. But it's those little things that we can do that really do make a big difference. Um, Ephesians 4, uh, 29. This is a great verse for us all to commit to memory. Read it with me. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now, look at me. Just hear my heart for a second. As you think back about all the people you encountered over these last couple of weeks, have the words that come out of your mouth, have they lifted them? Or have they brought them down? Have they been words of encouragement? Or words of criticism and discouragement? You know, one of the things as we think about the the stress and the anxiety and how we're all just a little bit on edge with the pandemic, we realize that our our little responses to things make a big difference. And and again, we often see in the news people, you know, overreacting to, to little big deals, you know, given you know, given an atom bomb response to some little grenade issue, you know, and, and people just kind of make a, a big deal out of it and and all of that. I, I saw last week, I saw a video that I thought was so cool. Because here's a guy who could have reacted in a whole different way and made a a, a situation really ugly, but he didn't. Um, This video you're going to see, it's a guy who... Um, has motion sensors on his, on his house out front at, or on his driveway so he can watch his cars or watch what's going on in his driveway and, and, and the sensors will go off if somebody comes and he kept noticing the motion sensors going off at night and he, when he watched it he saw that there was some kid um, who every day, every evening would come by with his bike and start tooling around in his driveway. Now, just think about it, how would you respond to that? You know, there are a lot of me people would come running out of the house screaming and hollering and, you know, get out of my, get off my property, get off my, you know, I don't make a big deal. I love this guy's response. I thought it was absolutely, yeah. Can you imagine how different our neighborhoods would be if neighbors would act like this? I, I, when I watched this, I thought, you know, again, you got to get this. What this guy did was not a big deal. He took some chalk, drew a little track on, on his driveway. That was not, not like he gave the kid a million bucks, not like he even bought him a new bike. He just took some chalk, made a little track so that the kid could have fun while he did it. And I, I'm thinking, I wonder how many people, you know, would have stood out there in the evening waiting for that kid to come, saying, this is my, get off my driveway, telling the parents, how, what kind of kid are you raising here? Keep your kid off my prop. And how, can you imagine the tension level of that neighborhood just going up and up and up, and people who are already under stress, are under more stress, this guy becomes a national hero because he takes some chalk and says, it's just a driveway. Don't sweat the small stuff. And it's mostly all small stuff. Amen? Amen. Let me give you one last thought. Pandemic gives us an incredible opportunity and we can either stand out rather than blend in. 
pandemic gives us this opportunity to stand out rather than blend in. Now, here's what Paul was getting at. Paul says, you know, when, when we act in ugly and angry and these kinds of ways, we, we become just like this world that we live in. Paul says, this, these times give us this incredible opportunity. Here's what he says there, Philippians 2.15. He says, instead of being a crooked and perverse generation, he said, when you act in, in, in Christ-like ways, read it with me, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Did you catch that? Like stars in the sky. Paul said, man, when you, when you return love for hate, when, when you return understanding for anger, when you return uh, prayers of blessings for curses, when you do that, Paul says, you stop being like the rest of the world and you stand out like a star in the sky. I love, here's how Jesus said it, Matthew 5. Jesus said, so don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things, commendable things you do will shine as light upon them and then they will give praise to your Father who is in heaven. That's why I put the statement on your outline. It said, you know what? Even, even a small light shines bright in a dark place. Now here was my thought. What if we really took that to heart? What if we left here today and, and really kind of kept in the back of our minds, you know, wherever I go today, whether it's to Walmart or, or whether I go back to work tomorrow or back to school or where, wherever I find myself, what, what if I kept in the back of my mind that today I have the opportunity to shed the light of Jesus' love on everyone I meet? What if we committed ourselves to doing some of those little things that set us apart from this generation. Now look at me for a second. Hear my heart. I hear people every single day, I hear Christians every single day complain about all the ugliness and anger and all of this you know, negativity that they see. Look at me. Then let's stop being like them. And let's shine like stars. Amen? I'll give me a great example of that. Um, a few weeks ago, a gal named Brittany Reed, who lives in Waynesville, Ohio, was having one of those days. <laughs> you ever had one of those days? Um, she was really stressed. She had been different doctor's appointments, had a busy day, had football practice. She had been at the school. And um, she's, after football practice, she was heading home. And here, I, I, gotta let, I was going to tell it in her words because I just thought it's just an amazing story. She says, Brittany says, tonight as I was leaving football practice with my three kiddos, my four-year-old was so tired, he started crying and acting a fool as we got in the van. Your kids ever do that? Yeah. He said, my, my seven-year-old daughter then, she started crying because I told her we were having red potatoes as a side for dinner, and she was clearly not a fan, so she decided to throw a fit too. And she said, finally, I've got, now I've got both of these crying. And she said, finally, I just, I, so for, I just threw up my hands and I said, forget it. We're going to McDonald's. So we go through the drive-thru. We order food. And now all three kids are crying for one reason or another. And we get to the window. I go to pay. And I left my purse at home. Now, 
How many of you are like me, and at this point, I would have been trying to think of a way I could blame those crying kids for forgetting my birth. You know, you better put it on them. She, so they're all crying. She forgot her birth. She goes, well, now I wanted to cry. I look at this young man with tears in my eyes and from just being stressed and annoyed, and I said, "Hun, I am so sorry, but I've got to cancel that order because I left my purse at home when we went to football practice tonight. And without hesitation, throw that picture up on the screen. That's Wyatt Jones. That's a junior in high school who was waiting on the woman. Without hesitation, Wyatt took out his wallet and swipes his card. She said, he did it before I could even say, no, I'll I'll, I'll be right back. It was like he said, no, it's okay. Um, It's totally fine. It's, it's, It's my pleasure. She said, I snapped a quick picture. And I asked him him his name, to which he replied, Wyatt Jones, ma'am. I told him I would be right back with cash for him, and he tried to talk me out of it. Um, I I just want his parents to know how kind and compassionate your son was tonight. He made this stressed-out mama pause for a moment and realize this is exactly what we parents are trying to do, raise great human beings. Well, Wyatt, sir, you are an amazing human. I, I went back and I handed him cash and I had to make him take it because he didn't want to take more than what he had paid for. But I wanted him to know that when you put good out into the world, it comes back to you tenfold. Wyatt, I love this. She said, Wyatt, do not let this world change your kind heart for it's people like you that will change this world for the better. In a world full of darkness, in a world where a a mom had all of this going on, Wyatt was like a star in the darkness. Look at me. And that's our opportunity every single day. Amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and just a moment, I, I want to pray, and I, I just want to ask God to breathe into us a fresh new breath of life today, and, and I'm going to ask, I want to ask God to just help us in our relationships with other people to have this same mind that Christ had, the same love that Christ had. And everybody with your heads bowed, eyes closed, I wonder if there might be some of us who would be honest enough to say, You know, this pandemic has taken its toll on you, and you haven't really been as nice to people around you as you should. And and today, this message was for you, and God is reminding you today to let your light shine to the people who are in your sphere, and you just need a little help with that. If I can pray for you wherever you are, just slip your hand up. Say, Pastor Steve, I need some of that. Yeah, I need some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Would you bow your heads with me and just join me in prayer? Father, today as we come before you, um, it's amazing how we, we let the challenges of life steal our joy. And it's amazing how if we let it go long enough and far enough, very soon we find ourselves becoming just like the people that we're always so upset with. Well, Father, Paul gives us a really good reminder today. 
Uh, he reminds us that one of the greatest ways that we can express our love for you is by expressing that love toward other people. Jesus, when you were asked what was the greatest commandment, you said it was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then, and then you said, and the second one is equally important, and that's to love your near one, your neighbor, as you love yourself. Well, God, it's, it's so easy to love you. You've done so much. You have given yourself so sacrificially. L loving you is easy. But we got to confess, sometimes loving the people around us is a lot more challenging. But you loved us while we were yet sinners. So help us have that same mind that was in Christ. Father, I, I lift up before you today each and every person. You saw people who raised their hands, and you know for all of us what's going on in our heart and in our relationships. And Father, I, I pray. I pray that you would help us to, to let our light begin to shine. That Lord, that you would remind us that it's, it's so easy to be nice. It's so easy to be kind. It's really easy to breathe life into people through words of encouragement rather than draining life out of them speaking into them discouragement. So, Father, I pray today, I pray that you would just allow your Holy Spirit to, to fall fresh upon us. Uh, Paul reminded us, Lord, that um, it's in times like these when the whole world is stressed out, when everybody's angry and everything's dark and ugly, it's in these times that we have the opportunity to shine the brightest. And so, Father, I pray today as we head home, as we go back to school, as we go back to work, as we head out into the community, would you help us to shine like stars in our dark places? These things we pray in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Amen.